Welcome to Rooted, a series exploring journeys of faith, hope, and love. Well, hey, welcome to this special conversation with Pastor Andy Lewis here at Faith Community Church. And Andy, right now, we're, we're as we're recording this, it's fall 2021. We're actually in the middle of a sermon series entitled How to Sing the Blues. And so for those that might be listening to this, but maybe haven't caught up on the uh, current sermon series, give us just a snapshot. What is this series all about? Yeah, it uh, it's funny. It's kind of partly motivated by reading uh, a rock star's uh, take on the Psalms mm. happens to be Bono, who wrote. I think he did. He like he wrote a preface to a one-off published book on just about the Psalms. Wow! But then I think he also did some preface to Eugene Peterson's famous work, The Message, mm. uh, which is, if you're listening, you know, a fantastic pastoral uh, modern English take on the whole Bible. Right. But anyway, Bono made the comment to him that to him, the Psalms felt like the blues, mm. you know, crying, singing out to God. And, and I just realized, I, the preaching team and the elders realized we're in a time right now. It's, it's very much in the news. If, you know, if anybody's listening to this podcast years later, you might remember it, but, you know, colleges are talking about mm. this, you know, I, schools are talking about right, this, right. elementary, high school, like we're in a mental health, I don't know if you call it a crisis, but it's, it's definitely, we're very mindful of the reality right. of it. And so I, I didn't want to come in with like a, um, ironically, a how-to on like how to fix your right. your mental health, right. even though the title of the series is How to Sing the Blues. <laughs> but that's kind of the difference. It's like how to express yourself right? because it's out of that, and especially when we're expressing ourselves to God, that that's, that's how we start to find resilience. That's how we start to find peace. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as we start to kind of unpack this conversation, what, let's kind of just first, I guess, discuss mental health. What, what, what are we talking about? What's our working definition, macro speaking, of mental health? Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, it seems to me, and you know, it could be, and we've even kind of debated this, like, oh, do you call it that? Is that taboo? You know, as you talk about wellness or whatever, right. but. It's, I think everybody, our culture is really waking up to the, the reality that when a mind isn't right, it's mm. just as tr problematic as a, a, an Achilles that has shredded mm. or, you know, whatever. But because the mind is not seen, yeah. we don't, we don't know. Now that doesn't give right. you the definition that you're asking for, <laughs> but I, but basically I think it's like, it's the idea of, of understanding that people mm. need wholeness in the mind. And Sometimes wholeness is there really literally are um, uh, brain chemistry issues mm -hmm. that people deal with. And the church has done a horrible job mm. um, not dismantling the taboos of that. Right, right. Um, I think more people even in the church struggle when it comes to that kind of need of, of whether it's truly an imbalance in brain chemistry right. that helps it, it keeps them from wholeness in their life. Right. But other times it's it's not brain chemistry. It's mm. just not having the ability to kind of process difficult and deep and sometimes for people traumatic things. And so for me mental health is like trying to create a space where we can talk about mental wholeness. Yes. You know, you and I grew up as part of a generation that was really, quite frankly, it was modeled for us, maybe even taught to some extent 
to really <laughs> suck it up yeah. through. You got to yeah. move on, get over Rub it. Rub dirt on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and while I think we're becoming more aware as a culture that that wasn't the best route for us to take, especially for young men and men, mm-hmm. how, how are we going to distinguish between kind of what we're talking about within the context of this conversation, we there is the chemical imbalance that some people yeah. absolutely face. There's Classic also, is anxiety. Yes, or something. absolutely. Yeah, right. Depression, perhaps. Mm-hmm. It, there, there's also the, we as a culture, as a world, have been going through this thing called a pandemic for the last 18 or so months. Right. And so how are we distinguishing between like, oh, this is temporary versus like, oh, mm-hmm. no, this is well beyond the temporary moment. Well, I, I, that's, again, a really insightful question. And I think, you know, I'm not sure I can say clearly what the answer is. I can say what we're trying to do in this study, and I think even in the year ahead as a church, mm-hmm. is to go, at least can we bring out into the open? Can we bring into the light where you may be struggling? Right. And then from there, start to find out as we get help. You know, yeah. hey, maybe you are dealing with anxiety and depression and maybe a combination of, um, of real good therapeutic help as well as maybe a little bit of medica- medication mm. can really make a profound difference right. to help you slug it out and right. get to wholeness. Um, so being able to say, you know, here is the, the fix. Mm-hmm. And that's even the thing, even in the series, is it's kind of been interesting for me as a preacher. Because when you preach, you're always like, you know, you want to think prophetically, like, here's the fix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of different because it's real more, really more about pointing people to what we as believers know is ultimately the fix, which is our Father in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hallowed be your name. That when we can bring everything of our life out into the open security of his um, unconditional love for us, that it does change everything. Right. Um, and so it's, it's really this conversation we're having is more about trying to make, trying to help people understand. First of all, take away the taboo, mm. take away the... Um, uh, the the shame that's related often to mental health, yeah, and to make a safe space to go. Well, what's going on? You yeah. know, let's bring it out. Bring it out to people that you trust. P- bring it out to God, and to express another huge level to it that I definitely keep bringing up every time I'm preaching mm-hmm. is we are really truly emotional illiterates mm-hmm. in in our country. We're like you said, we grew up with you know, rub dirt on it, right. suck it up. Right. Um, right. Don't be, don't be a wimp. Right. I mean, these kinds of things. And then of course, added on top of that, the huge taboo of therapy and going to a right. shrink. Right. And I don't do that kind right. of thing, or I don't need that. And trying to just like dismantle all of that to say, it's okay to ask for help. Mm. It's okay to say I'm not okay. Yeah. I, I want to come back to this, though, because I, I want to make sure, even though you've touched on it, I want to make sure in, in clear, emphatic terms, we are okay saying that Christians can have struggles with mental health and wellness. Yes, that's a great <laughs> question, because that that's the, that's the big thing we're trying yeah. to dismantle. Yeah. Because... Gosh, man, Devin, for years as a pastor, you know, I would try to indicate to people, hey, you know, maybe get some counseling. It's like, mm. oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. Or if somebody discovered that they needed 
a little bit of medication. Mm. Um, you know, I'm blessed to have a wife who's a licensed marriage family therapist as a pastor. That's super helpful to me because I think a lot of pastors have also struggled because they didn't know enough right. to go, well, just it's not pour, rub dirt on it, right. just pray this prayer right. or right. memorize this verse. Right. And when you're dealing with like, you know, uh, anxiety and depression and, um, or, trauma mm. that's never been admitted right people who've gone through really traumatic things and they've right. never told anybody about it you need you need greater help than that so yeah. we're absolutely emphatically saying that yes christians can find themselves needing it and should seek help yeah and and not be afraid to and yeah. it, and by the way if you're like well i don't know if i can talk to a non-christian ab about that I'll speak to that in a second. Yeah. But go then go to a Christian counselor. There's right. plenty of them out there. Right. But right. even if you're like, but my my insurance it only covers, you know, this and there's no Christian ones. Let me tell you something. I will say this to you and you're a pastor saying this. Yes. If if you're going to a therapist who knows what they're doing, mm. they're good at entering into your faith-based mm. system to help you sort out with you. They don't have to believe with you. Mm. They can still be a huge help to you. Right. And if you're like, oh, but I still need that spiritual component, well, then bring your pastor into the conversation as an additional element to it. Right. I do that all the time. I, I'm, I'm very clear with people like, look, let's set up a plan. I'm not the therapist. Yeah. I'm your pastor. Yeah. Let's get you going with somebody and then let's check in. Yeah. And so that's a long answer to you. We are absolutely saying yes. Yeah, and I think that that's so important, right? Because I think all too many folks can fall into the false mindset of like, I just need to pray my way out of it, or it's because of my sin or whatever else that you know God is somehow punishing me for something yeah. else. And and I, I know that we walk a balance between the spiritual realities we cannot see and, yeah. and the things that we struggle with day in and day out. But at the same time, I think it hopefully is very refreshing that we can kind of exhale and say like, oh, there's actually something going on here. And God is actually providing me tools through the professionals that are in this field of care. Absolutely. That's exactly what we're trying to say. I'm, I'm curious how, in, in what ways, Andy, have you seen the need for an honest conversation about mental health, wellness? Uh, let's kind of take a look before the pandemic. Okay. And then how have you seen it change over the last 18 months since mm. the pandemic? I would say before the pandemic, you know, people were kind of like just, you know, sort of doing life and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's kind of what, what the pandemic has done. It's kind of like anything. It's like where you, it raises the temperature mm. and like refining silver, mm -hmm. when you raise the temperature, the dross comes up and um, pressure stresses are revelatory mm. in our lives always. Yeah. And so what we're seeing, you know, pre-pandemic, I think people were, were probably largely still having some of these issues mm. and just were kind of, you know, life, you could, could kind of continue to just sort of survive and can yeah. continue to go right. along. But then you go through a pandemic, then of course the pandemic added greater division mm. than we expected. Right. I, I know at least I thought, oh, this might be something that at least in our cultural context would help us rally together and work together. Right. And exactly was the worst opposite right. of that. And so the stress of that, the stress of the things that we've seen in terms of like um, very different views on uh, our society in terms mm. of uh, race, mm. uh, women, 
um, the Me Too movement. So there's just these compounded, you know, um, pressures that in anybody's life is going to raise the level of of difficulty. And then, of course, what we're seeing, you're an educator, these students who've been through something, Mm. you know, I don't know that we're going to know for a a couple of years what it was like to live on Zoom and to try to get an education and to be isolated from friends. I mean, because we we need those friendships. Right, right. So I think to describe it pre, uh, some of these things were here, but then going into it, everybody has had to deal with keep it together, man, right? Through this, even if you had good mental health. And so that really put stressors on us. And then you had all these added things that happened to Mm -hmm. it. So on this backside, we're still sort of tunneling our way out of this, but it's just really brought... To, to light the real need for people to get help. Yeah, it, from what I've seen as an educator, but also as a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it has been a great magnifier. And I think the challenges that were there before yeah. were just magnified. Yep. And I think that's what's interesting is, I, I think that even I've had conversations that in order to avoid those feelings of depression or feeling overwhelmed, then other habits Mm-hmm. Um, vices, other or, medications, yeah, exactly. You you Self-medicating mm-hmm. it, whatever mm-hmm. it was, whether mm-hmm. it was food or liquor or whatever else, right, right. in order to avoid some of those things. I, I want to push pause because you brought this up earlier, and I, I know that this is probably a, a question and a conversation unto itself. But why do you think that the church has historically been so bad at dealing with stuff like this? Man, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I probably. I probably went to church the first week of my life. Uh, my dad is a pastor, so mm. probably the first time my mom could carry me in her arms to church. I've been yeah. in church. <laughs> um, I think I, th- I think a couple thoughts. One is, like everybody, only really in our lifetime, you and me, as we're yeah. sitting across here, we yeah. are really beginning to unlock the secrets, the, the, the wonderful mysteries of the brain, the mm. human brain you know, learning about these things and where, you know, the, the chemistry of the brain works and where they can, it can get off balance and right. how we can get people help. So I think right. that's part of it. So the church was, as always, ever kind of trying to keep up. Right. That's part of it. But I think the church has this tendency to spiritualize mm. things mm. and always want to just go with... You know, uh, you know, mem- memorize another verse. Right. Do this. You know, be a little more fervent in your prayer. Mm. Try harder. Work right. harder. Kind of right. thing. So that's part of it, and that's that's not necessarily correct. Right. Um, there's a difference between spiritual disciplines and um, um, legalism. Sure. But the church likes to slap legalism on on fixing everything. Mm. But I think the third component that I can observe is I think it always felt to the church like this is another incursion of crazy liberal progressive commies. Mm. So therapists and all of that that kind of stuff was just another incursion of of worldliness. Yeah. And so we don't want to go there. Right. And so it, it created an inability to hear. The Psalms say, all the world is the Lord's and all it contains. Meaning, mm. as Christians, everywhere that God is, there's something that's true. Now, there's a lot of lies in there, too. That's right. our job, right? To be right. discerning. But And so I think that's what my, those are my observations yeah. as to why it's become more taboo. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, You brought this up earlier. And so if we've reached a spot where we can have an honest conversation with ourselves and say, like, I'm not doing well, 
Mm-hmm. What's my next step? Well, I think, you know, the, 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 the most important thing is to constantly is to widen the scope of mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. When you know you need help, um, you know, what happens for most of us is we kind of tend to keep it inside. And, right. But to work towards how can you widen the scope of help? Now, that doesn't mean blab your traumatic story to everybody because that can be right. really damaging. Right. Find the people that you know you can trust and start start there and start sharing your story and saying, you know, what what can I do? Um, whether maybe that's not your pastor, maybe that's a really really trusted loved one that mm. you can go to. Go to them, and then begin to sort of widen the scope of help. And yeah. what I've learned is is that it's counterintuitive because when you're when we're all afraid of being vulnerable, mm. right? Vulnerability is scary to all of us, so it takes right. courage. And if any of you are listening, and you're like, ah. Uh, we, we get it, the Lord gets it. It yeah. takes courage to be vulnerable. Right. But the counterintuitive part is that when we lean into that vulnerability, we find ourselves growing at a far ra- more rapid pace than we would have expected yes. if we're willing to expand that scope of, of, of help within people that we can trust. Right. Absolutely. There are, of course, um, a number of articles on a number of different websites out there, but I came across this one and I just wanted to read some of the highlights. The The title of the article is in is the top five Christian myths about mental illness. Mm. <laughs> and we can kind of throw mental illness slash mental health in there, and we'll use them synonymously during this little exercise. But number one, mental illness doesn't exist. Um, just outright denial. Depression yeah. is a sign of weak faith, number yep. two. Number yep. three, all mental health issues can be prayed away, which you just touched on. Yep. Number four, my community won't understand my mental health needs. Uh. And the final one that this article lists is people with mental illnesses are unstable and unfit for the church and leadership, hmm. um, which I find so fascinating on, on so many levels. If we if we have that honest conversation with ourselves and yeah. we say, okay, I, I think it's time to take the next step, mm-hmm. which in and of itself is an act of courage. Big time. Where do I go? Yeah. I think my encouragement would be to go to, like I said a minute ago, start with the person you trust the most. Mm-hmm. And then if you if you can, start widening the scope to, to people who have been trained and equipped to try to help you. Mm. That's your pastor. That's um, your, you know, people who are within your church uh, leadership. And then to reach out to, to counselors mm. who really, they, this is what they have spent countless hours training themselves is to help people right. find re- relief from... The, the common ones are anxiety and depression. Right. Those, are, those are the big common ones right. for, for a lot of people. But increasingly, sadly, in our culture, so is trauma. Mm. So is um, deep and ever unaddressed loss right. that has never been looked at. Right. You know, and so... Uh, you know, just reach out to the to those those individuals, and I, you know, if you're listening and you're just like, I don't know, I really would encourage you to get counseling. Mm. I mean, I know in my own life, maybe this will help demythologize it for you. When I went through a season of real deep burnout, I went to a counselor, mm. and there's nothing wrong with that. And my and in my first session with a ca- with a counselor, I sat in the first few minutes and I just sobbed, mm. um, and they ca- my counselor said, "Why are you crying?" And I said, "I don't know." Mm. But I think it's because this is the first time where nobody's expecting anything of me than to be just who I am right here, right now. Wow. You know, I don't have to be a dad. I don't have to be a a husband. I don't have to be a pastor. I don't have to be a son. I just get to be Andy. 
starting to process what's going on inside of Andy. Yeah. And I think every, probably most people need that more than they know. Mm. Well, and let me just springboard on that. I, I think as someone that has and does struggle with depression yeah. and anxiety mm-hmm. and trauma and is medicated. <laughs> Wait, what's that? That was four bullet points. <laughs> that, yeah. that's, that's at least the trifecta. Yeah. Um, and you're still doing this podcast. <laughs> what is going on? This is my therapy. Uh, <laughs> but and and I've been to to a host of, of different therapists. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's 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 every week for a season. Sure. And sometimes it's like, hey, I'm gonna check back in because I haven't gone in six months or whatever. Yeah. And just need to kind of walk through something that's yeah. going on in that season. And I will just say, for those of you that are listening to this and and maybe or even still hesitant, I would just say like, and, and Andy, you've known me um, before and after mm-hmm. those counseling sessions and and before and after the medication. And I know in my life, I, I just, I, I think if there's a sadness, it's why didn't I do this sooner? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I think of, yeah. of how much of not only my life, but even part of my married life yes. was really spent not being the person that I truly am right, and right. could be. And and so I think yeah. for those of you that are listening to this and still on the fence, I would just encourage you that, that goodness awaits you, yes. whatever that looks like for your specific mm-hmm. set of circumstances. And as we begin to, to wrap up, one of the things that you mentioned in today's sermon was really a, a concern that mm-hmm. not enough folks mm-hmm. from Faith Community Church have come forward and said, I'd love to take advantage mm-hmm. of some of the resources that FCC is offering for its members. Yeah. And so for those members that are listening to this, mm-hmm. can you just kind of reiterate what is it that you want them to get out of yeah. this offer and this conversation? We want, because one of the things that, you know, other than the taboos that we've discussed, one of mm. the big things that people talk about is I can't afford it. Mm. And that's understandable because there is a cost. Now I will say, if you knew that wholeness was on the other side, like you were just describing for yourself, mm. and you knew that on the other side of that, you look back and go, why did I wait so long? Right. Then you would do whatever you needed to do to stop your Netflix subscription, right. how many times you bought Starbucks coffee or right. whatever. You would just reorient whatever you needed to do. Right. So that that's having said that, because it's it's it will be so pivotal and so helpful to you mm. and your marriage and, and being a parent. But what we have done is we have front-loaded it to the members of this church to say, we are going to uh, supply up to $400 to get you started yeah. so wow. that at least you can dip your toe in the water mm. without fear of like, oh, that didn't, you know, that didn't work or whatever, mm. um, because we just really believe in the people yeah. of this church. And we believe in giving people an opportunity after what this whole world has been through in the last 18 months to try to reach out. I, I get it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's all about vulnerability and it's scary. Um, but I certainly hope that maybe if you're listening as a member of this church, you're like, okay, I, I'm going to do it. Please do. Please, mm. please do. Because you will reap so much benefit from it. I know I did. Um, if you can allow yourself the beauty of vulnerability. Christ meets us in the deepest, most wonderful ways when we can be vulnerable. Mm. And um, he's got good things for us when we can go there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely true. I know most folks will say, well, I'll see Andy on Sunday. What are some other ways that they can connect with either yourself or the elders and really get the ball rolling on this? Well, for sure, you can email any of the elders, Andy, uh, Chad, Dom, 
or Jonathan. And if you just put their name in front of at santacruzfaith.org, you could you could get an, an email out to us and just say, yeah, okay, I, I want to start sort of the process of, of, of getting that started. And I will even say this too, as you're thinking about it, um, it could be that you had gone, you tried it one time. Mm. Your spouse said, oh, I want you to come with me to my, and you felt like, well, that, well, that person was making me the bad guy or whatever. And so I will never go to the therapist ever yeah. again or whatever. Look, you wouldn't do that if you had, um, you didn't like the one doctor who, who reset your broken ankle mm. and go, I'm never going to a doctor again. Yeah. You, you'd consider yourself stupid for doing that. <laughs> I would say to you, I'm not going to call you stupid, but I'm going to say you're being less than wise mm. to go. Th- the same thing can be true for counselors. If, if one doesn't work, it doesn't mean they're all not going to work. There are great, super professional, very godly, if you want mm. a Christian counselor, mm-hmm. who are good at what they do. Yeah. And by the way, in case you wanted to just cast them all aside, some of them you know and love because they actually attend and worship mm. at this church. Mm. So, um, I, you know, I would add that too. It's like, yeah. if that's kind of one of your things, the money is there that the elders want to help you get started. Uh, is it, whether it's you or your spouse, or maybe, maybe in your home, it's going to be helping one of your kids get right. started. Right. Please take advantage of it and don't let a previous one-time experience like then all counselors are bad. No, that's not, that's not even thinking wisely anywhere close. Yeah, absolutely. And I would just kind of, as we wrap things up, let me close with this, you know, as I began that journey so long ago. Um, you know, one of the things that I literally clung to is there's this great kind of overlap with the writing in First Samuel and and one of the Psalms. And although we're not talking directly about sin and things that we're doing per se, it's talking this particular sin, uh, this particular Psalm is talking about washing away, right? Mm-hmm. Though my sins are like scarlet, mm-hmm. wash them away, make them as white as snow. And even though I'm, I'm not, I don't in any one want to imply that your depression, our depression, anything that we're experiencing are result of sin. I will say that you do the work in these sessions and to have that feeling of being washed clean yes. is it's indescribable. Yeah. It is absolutely indescribable. So again, I would just reiterate what Andy has shared with you that to take the opportunity, do this, do this for your family, do this for your kids and, and take that first step. Andy, thanks for hanging out with us today and just kind of unpacking um, the conversation about mental health, mental wellness within the church. It has been my pleasure. And I hope anybody listening can take a vulnerable step, whatever that's going to look like in your life. Thanks for listening to Rooted. Rooted is a production of Faith Community Church in Santa Cruz, California. For more information about Faith Community Church or to experience more stories of hope from the Rooted archives, please visit us online at santacruzfaith.org.